Barb. How you doing? It's not snowing. I like that. I feel like I actually love the snow. I just don't like it on Sundays, you know, <laughs> or, or weekends. But, man, we're glad you're here. You look great, and you're singing good and worshiping our God. It's just a wonderful weekend. We uh, Last weekend, if you were not here, I launched a new series that's four weeks long that I'm calling it Learning from the Cities. Learning from the Cities. There are many cities listed in the Bible, uh, tons of them. And there are a few cities that when I say the name of them, you immediately think of certain things. Last weekend we looked at a city that probably no one knew about, because I hardly did either, called Laish. And Laish was a, a, a city that had no allies, the Bible says. And the Danites came in, took them over, killed them all, burned the city, and they all died. And a tragic story of what it means to have no allies in your life. What does it mean to have deep friendships who people who have your back and uh, that you care for. And so we learn from Laish that we want friendship. Today, we're talking about a city most of you, if you grew up in church especially, have heard of. It's the city of Jericho. What's it known for? The walls. Absolutely, the walls. And so I've talked today, I want to talk about Jericho. Walls are not the answer. Because sometimes we build walls in our lives that really become a, a struggle. For us in our lives. Now, what I do need to say right up front is I'm not trying to do an expository sermon on walking you through where the Israelites were, God's promise to them, and how they took over Jericho, and what happened after. I'm really not preaching about the Israelites today. I'm, I'm really talking and using Jericho as a metaphor for just this idea of building walls in our lives. And, and we do that sometimes without even realizing how many walls. And sometimes you, you get up in years and you look back over your life and you think, wow, I, I lived my life with, with walls and I didn't let anyone in. I didn't let anyone out. And maybe you played it safe and you missed out on some things and you don't want to live with regrets. Basically the story, um, I'm going to read it a few verses in a minute, but basically the idea is the Israelites are coming up to Jericho and Jericho has these huge fortified walls, the most fortified city ever uh, in its time. And they can't, there's no way they can get in to take them over. And God gives them a plan. March around the city, blow some trumpets, shout, and uh, they do it. The walls fall down and they take Jericho. Let's look at it in Joshua chapter 6. It's an interesting story beginning at verse 1. Follow along with me. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times, with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. Now, you guys, come on. I'm, I mean, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm Joshua, I am scared to death to go tell all of my warriors this, right? And if I'm a warrior, I'm hearing my leaders say, we're going to march around the city blowing trumpets and stuff. 
<laughs> we're going we're gonna to yell at the end, like, what kind of cheer are we going to do? Is it going to be a good one? Will the words rhyme? I mean, I would be probably sarcastic, because that's not how you bring walls down in a city. But hear me carefully. God's plan is often very different than what we might think of on our own. God's ways are not always our ways. And usually, in my experience, they're not even similar to my ideas. That's why it's a challenge. That's why it's tough. In your outline, back to the bulletin, jot some things down if you're taking notes. The first thing I want to talk about is just that walls are built over time. You know, you don't just wake up one day and have all these huge walls in your life and and you have all these relationship problems. That's not how it happens. It happens one row at a time. It took years to build these walls in Jericho. Years. People died building them. It took sacrifice and commitment. It was expensive. And they never gave up. And they just kept building these walls. Matter of fact, I have some photos of, of currently of some of the digs in Jericho. I've been to Jericho. And there's not a lot left, but there's a couple things. This first photo is just the general area, the brown area with all the digs that you see there is probably pretty much the area that was walled in. It's not a huge place, but uh, that's kind of what it looks like today. There are more digs in Jericho than any other city except for Jerusalem, understandably so. The next picture is of some of the columns and the towers. These were as high as 30 to 40 feet tall. Now, now we think, well, big deal, that's not very tall. But in that day and age, when you realize how they were doing this stuff, it is amazing that they built that. The next picture is just a replica of the wall that they have found in the dirt and pieced together, kind of what it probably looked like from the outside. There are sections in uh, when they were digging this out where they found the walls to be up to between 6 and 12 feet wide. Then there's a whole courtyard that could be 30 to 40 feet and another wall. It was a very fortified city. Um, it's even believed that chariots would race in between those, those walls. And so it was a, a city that felt really protected. They worked really hard at building walls. Now in our lives, in our lives, some people do work hard at building walls. Some people actually don't like to get along with other people. Some people have issues in their life where they just put walls down and say, I don't need friends. I don't want to be out there. I'm going to isolate myself. But that isn't usually how it happens. You know, those of you that are single in this room understand the power of a friend that can make a difference in your life. You understand that you can build walls up with coworkers or you can break them down. You meet people who have walls. If you're married and you're in this room, you understand the power of a wall between you and your spouse. And you don't, again, wake up one day and there's a wall you can't climb over. That's not how it works. What happens is it's one row at a time. I'm just a little disgusted. I'm just a little burnt out. I'm just a little fried. I can't believe they said that. I'm hurt a little bit. I withdraw a little bit. Before you know it, the wall starts to grow. It starts to build. And it's fortified and I can't get through. There are huge issues that we face in our lives with all of our relationships. Some teenagers in this room right now. Some of your friends have built walls because of something you said. Or maybe it's with your parents. And there's an issue. There are relationships. They don't get your life. And so you just put this wall down. What does God have to say to you today? What does He want you to get out of this? Let's look at the second thing in your outline. Walls have a purpose. Now, 
Now, there's some good and some bad things about walls. Um, just as an example, I, I sort of pulled this. Uh, let me pull this out here today. This is my wall. It's a pretty good wall, isn't it? If, uh, if I decide that I really don't want to deal with all these chairs and stuff back here, then I can just put this wall right here. And I don't see them. I don't see any of them right now. None. Oh, I feel better. No chairs. I can just, I can just build a wall, and in my mind that doesn't exist back there. I don't need it. If, if the people over here on this far side are being ornery to me when I'm preaching, I can, just, I can just put the wall up just like that. You are the nice people. God bless you. Thank you so much. <laughs> See, what, what happens in our marriages, too, is that we, we learn how to build these walls, and sometimes we just start doing life like this. Well, how's it going? Fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Did you have a good day? Yeah, I had a good day. Yeah, I'm going to be busy tonight. Yep, getting up early tomorrow. All right, see you later. Goodbye. Good night. It's just over. And without even realizing it, we have these moments in our lives where we put walls up. And then sometimes there are some walls that we need. What I've done is I've, I've put some thoughts about why walls are built. Now, four things. I'm going to bullet through them pretty quick, but let me talk about them. Number one is... We put walls up sometimes when we're seeking security, right? Some of you have a, like a fence around your house. How many of you, your house is locked up right now? They look around. If their hand isn't up, they're a good target. They don't even lock their house. <laughs> Just kidding. Security systems, you know, there's some cars in the parking lot today that the horns will eventually go off because someone touches your car tries to open it or, you know, on and on and on we go with some of these uh, locking systems in our lives. The other day I was, <laughs> I was in the grocery store and I walked around the corner and it was, I was actually standing in the aisle and there was kind of some chips display on the end and <laughs> these cute little girls, like probably two and four sisters, and they come running around the corner kind of messing around behind the chips, you know. And I'm just standing there looking at something, and here they come flying around the corner, and the little one looked up at me, and the older one looked up at me, and I said, well, how you doing? And they just went, you know, it was like, why are you talking to us? We're not supposed to talk to strangers. Back around the corner. And then Mama Bear comes looking around. Sometimes we need to teach our kids, don't talk to strangers. Not everyone is nice out there. We have security issues in our lives. And so we, we build walls that are, are rightly built. It's, it's okay. We have social networking problems right now. You Facebookers? You know, the MySpace world, all of that stuff, all these social networks. It's just amazing what's happening. You're posting something that you think is just for you and your friends, but trust me, the whole world will be able to read it. Just ask Tiger. Right? It's shocking. And so, and so we, we try to have these secure zones in our lives that just don't last very long. But there are times there it is important to pay attention to the walls that we should have. Appropriateness, integrity, morality. These things that we say, I'm not crossing that line. They're important in our lives. Secondly, under this point, is protection... From emotional pain. You know, if you have ever been through a relationship 
that ended sour. You know, have you ever had your heart broken? How many of you have had your heart broken before? Man, I, I go back to fifth grade instantly. She was, she was something else. She, it's true. She wanted a boyfriend that could run faster than her. And the problem is there was no one in the school that could run faster than her. <laughs> yeah. So I just told her to run slower. Oh, well. With therapy, I, I've worked through it, and uh, I'm, I'm fine now. But we, this is the month of Valentine's Day a couple of weeks ago. Some of you were hurt on Valentine's Day. Some of you have had to deal with emotional trauma, issues, things that didn't go right. And breakups are hard and your heart gets broken. And what happens is when we go through those moments, we suddenly learn, okay, I'm never doing that again. And we put up a little layer of the wall. And then something else happens at work, and we realize, I'm never going to try to fix that again. I'm not going to. Then we put up a little layer of the wall. Then we have several walls around us, and they start building. And then before you know it, you're living your life with filters because of your emotional pain. Of any time anyone says anything to you, it shoots through all these filters, and it's just easier for you to say, I just can't do it. Emotional pain is real. I, our daughter's a songwriter, singer, and she has a song that I've just been going through my head this week called Let Me In, Let Me In, Let Me In. It's about a relationship, and, and another part of the lyrics say, Don't Lock Me Out. And I was thinking about how many love songs, how many love songs have been written about relationships that don't go well, or someone building a wall, or someone, it's, it's made people millions of dollars. Why? Because that's our lives. That's real experience for us. And it's how we live. And so sometimes we protect ourselves. Some of you have lost a loved one. And that loss has put a scar so deep in you that you will never love like that again. At least that's what you tell yourself. Because you don't want to face that pain again. These are, these are big things. Number three, I've got to hurry here. Trust issues. Trust issues. These are all related, by the way, but... But these trust issues have to do with your history, your experiences. Um, we've always loved black labs. And uh, we're, we're animal lovers in our family. And our, one of our last, he's in doggy heaven now, but his name was Isaac. And, and uh, he was abused when we got him. He was two or three years old. And we don't know what happened to him. We don't know his story. But, but I just know it, it was for the rest of his life he had issues because of whatever it was that happened. You, he wouldn't come through a doorway. Just an example, you would have the door open and say, come on in the house, it would be snowing outside. And he would just stop and start to shake because he didn't, I think he got kicked every time he went in or out of a door, honestly. And he would just hunker down and he would shake and he just wouldn't come in. It took us months just, just to get him lovingly through the door. And then every now and then he would forget that he was supposed to be scared coming through the door. And he'd just march right in and he'd get three-quarters of the way through. And then he would just freak out like, oh, I'm so... Why? Because all that history. And I, I see people like that. See, Isaac, our dog, loved the dog run. He would run into the dog run and he would stay there and he would run in the boundaries. Why? He was safe there. I see people living in the dog run. 
I see people who limit their lives. They limit their potential. They just stay in this little sphere. Why? Because they're afraid of the pain. It's easier this way. Wow. Last one under this is sometimes we build fences to provide complete isolation. We just want to cut ourselves off from from the world. We just don't want to do it anymore. We survive in a marriage. We survive with a friend, but we're not intimate. We don't understand. We don't go deeper. I've, I've talked with people like this. Matter of fact, Colorado, I don't know if you know this, Colorado happens to be one of the leading destinations for people who want to get away from it all and escape. How many of you moved here from somewhere else? Aha! Now, since you're here and you're engaged, you're probably not one of those. But you go to some of these mountain communities and it's isolation. And they just got tired of dealing with people. Matter of fact, there's this one. There's a hike up by Breckenridge. I'd love to know if anyone else has done this hike. It's a great hike. It's not a 14er, but there's some cool falls and stuff. And Bonnie and I were up there asking around, what's a good hike? And they told us, go up this trail, take this X, blah, blah, blah. Now, when you get on the trail, they said, be careful, because about a half a mile in, you're going up this hill, and there's a, a man, they had a, called him by name. He lives there all alone, and he's not social. Matter of fact, his sign says, two of them, if you trespass, I will shoot you. <laughs> and they said, he's not joking. And, and we even had a, a ranger tell us, it, look, if he's outside cutting wood or whatever, do not engage him in conversation. Do not talk with him because there's some issues there. He doesn't want to be around people. And, and so Bonnie and I are walking by, sure enough, he was outside cutting wood, had his back to us, you know, didn't even want to acknowledge we're there. So I'm like, hey! No, I, I'm kidding. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> What, what would drive a person, I mean, I understand mental illness or issues like that, but what would drive people to go to such extremes to say, the wall's up, complete isolation, I don't want it, I'm not going there. Number three in your outline, walls can create false security. We talk about the security that's healthy and right and appropriate, but walls can also give you a false sense of protection when you're not protected at all. And you're actually possibly more vulnerable hiding behind the wall than you are if the wall would be torn down. How can that be? How can that work? I I love this verse. It's a haunting verse a little bit, but it's the very first verse of Joshua 6. I'm going to read it again, and it's on the screen. I want you to follow with me. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut, and then what's the next word? Because... You guys, that's a huge word because that means there's a reason why the gates were tightly shut. <laughs> that's how it is with people. I'm this way because, well, you don't know what I've gone through. This happened to me because, so the, the, the gates are shut because the people were what? Afraid. Another, another big word. Afraid of the Israelites. And then look at the next line. No one was allowed to go out or in. I've met people like that. You start to get in their life and boom. The walls go up. No more access. 
true. Sometimes people won't let anyone out and they won't let anyone in because the walls are big. Fear has taken them over. What a statement that is. I don't want you living like that. I don't want to be living like that. The last thing that I want to say, and I want to talk about it for just a few minutes, is number four in your outline is that the walls came tumbling down. Now in this case, that's a very good thing. In most cases, when emotional pain barriers and those type of walls come down, that's a very good thing. But how they come down is important as well. I want to talk about a couple of components. In Joshua 6.20 it says, When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Now there are a couple of points that we have got to address. And that is, when the walls come down, it is a mess. You ever seen one of those uh, programs where they're destroying a building and they put dynamite in the key places and it just collapses and, and what happens as it's collapsing is this cloud of dust just starts to roll up. And you actually can't even see where it was or what's happening because it's just a huge mess and everyone around it feels the dirt. You following me with this? <laughs> Sometimes when people's walls come down, the people around them feel the dirt. They feel the pain and they suffer with them. Because new vulnerability creates new personality issues, new challenges that they haven't had before. So we need to be prepared for the mess in people's lives as God brings their walls down. Let's be first responders who aren't afraid to roll up our sleeves and say, how can I help you? What's going on in your life? It's hard. It's tricky. But we can be those people because God's the one who can bring the walls down. Another thing I want to say is for those of you who are in a relationship, whatever kind of relationship it is, and you don't have walls, but they do. Now, don't look at them right now or anything, but this can be extremely painful in your life. And, and I, I know for many of you, it's like, I don't know what else to try. I've tried knocking their wall down. I've tried, what can you do? I mean, is, it, is a sledgehammer the answer? I mean, and I don't mean on the person, I mean the walls, you know, around them. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's a good idea. <laughs> the, the truth is, what did the children of Israel do? Did they get their little mini jackhammers and come up to the wall and chip away? No, they would have died. If they would have tried to attack the city, they would have died. What did they do? They obeyed God. They did what God asked them to do. I watch relationships all the time where one party is always trying to rip all the walls down and the other party is not interested. And if you just try to do it your way and don't wait on God and don't hear from God, you're just going to create more walls in your relationship. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I can't take down your wall. I'd like to, but I can't. But what I can do, I can march around you. I can proclaim truth. I can be your best friend. I can do everything in my power to obey God and find His plan and His will. And I can be available when the walls collapse. 
That's what God is asking us to do to make a difference. So the questions in our lives is, what needs to collapse in your life? What are the walls you've built? I want to pray with you about those things today. Be, just be transparent before God. Okay, This is a really personal time, but would you just bow your head with me for a moment and let's think about a couple things here. Lord, we do, we do know how important this moment is in our lives, and I know that I can't take anybody's walls down. You are the one who can do that. So we rest in that. For some of you in this room, just with heads bowed, and if you don't want to lift your hand, you don't have to, but at least acknowledge to God, whether it's just tapping your foot and saying, God, I'm hearing you, some physical movement to respond, a nod of the head. If you know there's walls in your life that are a hindrance to the stuff God wants to do in you, to relationships, and and maybe you can't fully identify why the wall's there. Maybe you know a few pieces of it. But you are willing to trust God today to truly examine who you are and help heal you. I want to pray for you. Would you now just lift a hand or nod to God and say, that's me. I know that's me. You can put them right back down. Lord, we need you today. We need you in this moment to be so real and so powerful that only you can bring the walls down. We trust you in this, Lord. Thank you. Secondly, I want to talk to some of you who would say, I need, I need a boundary where I haven't had one. And there are some good things about walls. And I, maybe integrity-wise, just your character's in question because... You crossed the line a few times. Maybe there's some morality issues that you've compromised in and you need to put some some barriers, healthy ones, back into your life. Just hold up your hand. Let me just pray over you. God bless you so much. Lord, you see our hands more, even our hearts. And I just thank you for people who are willing to give you the brick and the mortar and to let you re- rebuild and repair those those boundaries in our lives. And thirdly, I just really feel this one so much, is that some of you are called to being obedient to God because you're in a relationship where they've built a wall and you don't believe you have a wall, but you still can't get through. And it's painful for you. And you're left empty sometimes. And you're tired and you're weary. And and just, you're more proactive. Maybe you want to just get in there and tear the walls down, but you can't. You'll destroy the relationship the harder you try. But today you will say, Lord, I will vow to listen to you more. I will vow to do my best to obey you, to respond to your word, whatever that means. Show me and take me on a journey. Because walls that have been built over years, sometimes it takes months and even years to tear them back down. So are you willing to do that? How many of you know God's talking to you about something like that? Okay. Lord, we say yes. Be strong in these wonderful people. Be strong in them. And just do the stuff that only you can do as God. Because we can't do it. We acknowledge it. We're grateful. We love you so much. Lord, if there's one person in this room that does not know you personally at all, I just ask you right now that they will pray this prayer with me. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Renew my mind and heart. I do believe today by faith that you died on that cross for my sin and rose from the dead. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. 
I accept forgiveness by faith. Lord, all these things we offer to you in your name. Amen. Love you guys. Really proud of you. Thankful for who you are and who you're becoming. That matters. Ushers are going to come. We're going to receive our offering, continue our worship through giving. We say it often, but it's a truth. Don't just give to Timberline. Give through Timberline. We're making a difference in our community, in our world. If you're a guest with us today, please hear me say, we have no expectation that you will give in this offering. Just be our guest. This would be the time to drop your communication card in and give us a record of you being here. For the rest of you who have caught the vision of who we are and what we're trying to accomplish, thanks for your faithfulness. Lord, use this offering to meet needs beyond what we can even know, to do kingdom stuff and uh, help us to be great stewards. Call us to that level, Lord. And thank you for the faithfulness of your kids. In your name, amen. Hey, sing this from your heart. It's a great song. Let's declare it. <laughs>